What makes us really unique is we're giving students permission to be different. Is they thought that once, you know, once I get into high school or once I get into college, I have to start drinking or I have to start vaping because that's what everyone is doing. So we're able to help highlight that not everyone is doing that. Right. It's just that the people who think it's popular are being really loud about it. And the people who aren't using it, they think that they're not cool. So they're not sharing it. Yeah. So we want to be the ones to like celebrate great choices. You're listening to What's the Lesson, a podcast where we shift your WTF moments into WTL moments and learn together how to transform your life and relationships through social emotional learning. We're your hosts, Jill and Mary, social emotional learning experts and the co-founders of Girls Mentorship, a personal growth and development company for teen and tween girls. In each episode, we'll explore the five competencies of SEL, self-awareness, self-management, social awareness, relationship skills, and responsible decision-making, and share practical tips, stories, and strategies for building these skills in ourselves and others. Whether you're a parent, educator, or just looking to improve your own social emotional well being, this podcast is for you. Join us as we navigate the exciting and sometimes challenging world of SEL and discover the power that emotional intelligence has to transform our lives and communities. What's going on, Lessonators? Welcome back to the show. Hey, Lessonators. I'm clearly here with my bestie business partner, Jill, and we have a very fun conversation lined up for you today. I'm so excited, and I love when these conversations come from connections that we have with people in our community because I really think that our community is just stellar. The bee's knees. It really is. And the beautiful thing is like people always support us and always introduce us to more amazing people that just continue to expand our network. So this particular guest today is no exception of the rule. And I'm really pumped to have this conversation with him today. Well, and speaking of conversations, we actually need to have Tomas on the show because he was the one who introduced us to this person. I can't believe we haven't had him on the show yet, but that's okay because we get an extension of him within our guest today, whose name is Jake White. So what's going on, Jake? Welcome to What's the Lesson? Yeah, what's the lesson? We're going to find out. But I'm excited. Thank you for having (laughs) me. This is cool. Of course, of course. Thank you for being an automatic yes. (laughs) We were immediately intrigued in the work that you do based on Tomas's introduction of you. So we'll let you get into that. But you started a movement called Party.0. Am I saying that right? Yes. Um, And you work for a company called Vive18. I want you to get into what Party.0 is just a little bit so we can kind of hang out there and dive into the massive impact you're making because it it's unlike anything I've seen or heard of before. And you have touched, moved, and inspired thousands of our youth's lives over the course of however many years you've been doing this. So what exactly is Party.0? Fill us in. <laughs> Party.0 is basically an excuse to get together, to have fun with friends without the presence of drugs and alcohol. And how it started, it was like a college movement that I started as a junior 
in the University of Wisconsin, Oshkosh. And it's just hundreds of students showing up to a house, getting crazy, having fun without the presence of mind altering substances. And instead we get sponsored by major brands like Red Bull and Pizza Hut and Subway and things like that. Yeah, we just wanna have a good time drug-free. And it's also a non-judgmental space. Like some of the students who come to our parties in the college arena, like they do go to other parties, but when we have one, they show up at ours because it's really fun and there's no risk. That's so cool. So tell us a little bit about the, the why behind it. Was this something that you were experiencing when you were at school that you saw a need for? What's what's a little bit more of the story? Yeah, personally, it was like my decision first came from a personal experience in which I watched my uncle go in and out of hospitals, in and out of jail, and then eventually pass away from his relationship with alcohol and then other drugs. So I knew that I didn't want to follow that path as he was extremely smart and successful. And I'm thinking, man, this, this guy is so much smarter than I will ever be. And if that could do that to him, then I'll just stay away. I want to learn how to make friends, feel good, and have fun without doing those types of drugs or alcohol. And I was like, this is going to be my path throughout college. I'm just going to be different. And I quickly learned that makes you weird in college. Yeah. yeah. Like if you don't drink or smoke, like people think that you're insane or like, what's wrong with you? Are you boring? Are you arrogant? Right. Or how are you going to have fun? Yeah, exactly. This is what everyone seems to be doing. Yeah. How are you going to have fun? And for two years, I actually didn't meet a single person who said, Jake, I'm like you. Mm. I don't drink. I don't smoke. For two years. And I'm Mr. Outgoing. I'm meeting everybody on campus. And not a single person said that. And when things changed is here's the moment when I think the seed was planted is I read this statistic online that said there was about 30% of college students who were just like me. But after two years, I hadn't meet any of them. And I, I thought to myself, <laughs> where are these statistics coming from? Did like, somebody I make these up? <laughs> it's not like, you know, a 2%, 30% is pretty, it's a large number. It's pretty significant. Yeah. One out of every three people. This is what blew my mind. And why I kind of said, I believe this is as outgoing and confident as I am, right? Like out there meeting everybody, I stopped telling people that I was, you know, quote, sober because they were going to judge me. Mm. And if they weren't judging me, they were going to think I was judging them. <laughs> right. It was one of two things. Yeah. So I just learned if I want to be social, I can't be sober. And this gave me an opportunity to really challenge that and say, well, if I'm feeling this way and if this statistic is true, there's probably hundreds, if not thousands of people that are feeling the same way. And if I want our culture to shift, like I don't like the fact that you have to put your health in jeopardy to socialize. I don't like that about our culture. It's and such an interesting, that's such an interesting way to put it because up until I'm 35, Jill's 36, we take our health very seriously, which means optimizing sleep, taking vitamins and minerals and nutrients that support our gut and our skin and our hair and our nails, eating well, we move our body. We are obviously very conscientious of what we're consuming in terms of social media and books and news and things like that. And alcohol is a very interesting thing because you don't ever go somewhere and people question, you know, that you're eating McDonald's, right? It's like, oh, you're going to eat that. 
But that's the complete opposite of drinking. Oh, you're not drinking? Are you pregnant? Right. There's there's a couple <laughs> of things. I just don't want to drink. I just don't want to drink. And there's not another substance in human history, it feels like, where people question so much so that you don't consume it. Mm-hmm. And it is. There's not a single study, realistically, that puts out there that alcohol is healthy for you. No, no. Unless they're trying to sell it to you. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and they like they're selling the the story, the the fantasy of the chicks and totally the backyard barbecue that wouldn't be fun <laughs> without, you know, this cold beverage on a hot day. It's like, yeah. man, I that that sounds cool. But oh, it's yeah. really I'm I'm interested to know though too, did you have to shift the language between I'm sober to something else to to, to find your people? To, to, yeah, to find your peeps. Well, I think because I was starting this movement, I was careful not to share all of my motivation to people because that's too much, right? Like they didn't want a counseling session, you know, <laughs> they didn't sign up for that. My idea that was born out of this, that was really, I just have to create a place to go that we can meet each other. Yeah. And so the idea was a house party that didn't serve alcohol because it's cheap. You know, it's kind of dirty, right? Like college vibes. <laughs> totally. <laughs> it's grunge. <laughs> exactly what we were all looking for. Uh, yeah, yeah. You'd be lucky to find snacks. Like there was never snacks at a college party, you know? It's true. <laughs> no way. To me, it made things easier because I didn't have to sell them on being sober. I didn't have to tell them that I never drank and I don't smoke. I could just say, hey, I'm throwing some parties with my friends. And one of the things is I teach this now. So I would always promote with my one of my friends. And we would say, hey, we're throwing a party this weekend. Tell them about all the good things we're having at our party. The only kicker is we're not serving alcohol. And then make that into a positive. You know, that way we can party inside and outside. We can invite whoever we want and not worry about getting underage tickets. We made something that seemed negative, not having alcohol, into a positive and just invited them to join us. And what we found is, and this has been consistent, 90% of students would say yes to us. Hmm. They actually give us their phone number and say, if you're serious, text me about this because I would come check it out. And that's really when this thing started is we're not selling them an idea that that alcohol is going to ruin your life. We're just giving them an opportunity to have experience without it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest lesson is like if I went up and just preached to people about this, it's like, dude, I don't know you. I don't trust you. But instead, I can give them ex- an experience and they can learn by themselves that they didn't need that the whole time you just extended the olive branch, right? I don't know that many college kids know anything different because it's alluring, right? Mm -hmm. It's illegal to do. You have to be of a certain age. So once you fly the coop and you have an experience, you have an opportunity to experience it. Most college kids want to because it's been banned from them for their whole life. So it's like, (laughs) you know, taking an opportunity to do something that they shouldn't be doing. I don't know like putting myself back in my college shoes that I knew any other way of being. So what you're doing is giving them an alternative that I don't even know that they would have thought of on their own, which is cool. I agree. I also think depending on where you grew up, I grew up in a smaller town. So I started partying at a much younger age. So it just kind of was like the natural progression Progression. (laughs) going to college and continuing that. 
but I never got to see what it felt like when there wasn't alcohol at a party. I do know though, I'm so grateful that my body just doesn't operate well, even when I was young. Like, yes, could I have a couple of drinks, but I just remember feeling gross. But I also saw so many people not having that on off switch and Mm -hmm. it turned worse and worse. And then, you know, you could just tell that it ruined days and relationships and so on and so forth. So the unfortunate part is when do people learn? It's like when they graduate and have to go to (laughs) go to work and realize that like I have to actually be sober to perform. Oh gosh, even then it's company culture, Mm -hmm. right? You want to go out after work and get drinks and then drinks. I mean, I've read stories of happy hour turning into a 2, 3 a.m. affair where you have to go back to work at 8 a.m. So I think that is an alluring question in terms of the fact that there really isn't an answer. Unless in your case, Jake, which is unfortunate because you lost a loved one due to an addiction, which fortunate and not because you turned that into something incredible. I mean, your bio says you've impacted over 50,000 college kids based on this cause. So I would love to hear kind of a transition on, you started this at Oshkosh, which is a smaller campus. It's obviously (laughs) Oshkosh, (laughs) gosh, it's obviously not the University of Wisconsin at Madison. So you, you got a smaller sample size, which I think served you really well in terms of seeing how people responded to what you were putting out there. Take us to the time now where you graduate college and you're going off to, you know, have an adult job and and how this has really become something you're doing for a living now. Yeah, it kind of started, like you said, it was out of a need, something in necessity for me. And I found other people. And so that it was being proven. Right. So on the small scale, a school with, you know, 9000 students, you know, 250 would show up to this party and have sponsors and all that stuff. And then people would ask me, uh, and this is the fun part. I was blogging in one of my classes. It was a public relations class. So you have to write a blog about something. And that's when the inquiries started pouring in and DMs in my inbox saying like, how can I do this at my school? And so cool. long story short, I entered this competition at my school, won about $10,000 to come bring it to other schools and validate it further to see, is this a need everywhere? And cool. yeah, what was really fun is, you know, within these, these couple of years, traveling to different universities, trying it out and eventually buying a trailer and borrowing my dad's car, going around the nation, just kind of testing it out. And this was the big validation stage that it was like, we're finding out this can work anywhere. Yeah. But what we need is we need a local champion, somebody who is on that campus saying, I identify with your problem. I want to be the solution and I'm going to host events like this. So Jake, when you leave, I'm going to continue throwing parties and, you know, offer this to students on my campus. And so schools like Indiana University or Mississippi State University, these big giant schools that someone said, we get there and they're like, this is not going to work, Jake. You're going to what? This is dumb. (laughs) (laughs) You're at a party school. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's funny too. It doesn't matter how small or big the school is. Someone would tell me. This is like the number one party school. This isn't going to work here. <laughs> I, I guess everyone holds that title because oh, that's what I thought about ASU. Right. Yep. That is every great. school says the same thing. And every school has the same demand. When we walk up and share this, what we're really offering is we're offering acceptance and belonging for free. 
we're not saying change yourself, you know, do this, smoke this, drink this, wear this, and then we'll accept you. Hey, we accept you and like you for who you are. And we're going to hang out this weekend. Do you want to check it out? And so it, it is really just this open concept that works anywhere. And now, you know, getting to do this across the country, it it always starts with a speaking engagement. Unless a student reaches out to me that says, Hey, Jake, I'm ready to go. I want to build this. It's cool. Great. Easy. Uh, let me send you my party point playbook. I'll send you my video course. We'll have calls every once in a while and I'll get you running. And, you know, within a couple months, you could be having parties, have them sponsored and making an impact in your community. But oftentimes it's, uh, it's through the speaking engagements. And that's actually our company that Tomas helped me build is called Vive 18. Uh, and that one is like the speaking brand where we go into schools. We do alcohol and drug education in middle schools, high schools, and colleges. And then we can leave them with Party.0, which is the student platform where they can pick it up and they can sustain, you know, impact throughout their whole community and, and make it last. Oh, Jake, cool. Congratulations. <laughs> this is really what a cool concept. Will you tell me a little bit more about the houses? So who has these houses? Because a party's still a party. You're still cleaning up things. So who's, whose houses are these? Because when I was a freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, I lived on campus. And then I took a couple year break and had my own apartment. So it's not like I would have had the space to host something yeah. like this, even if I wanted to. And on top of that, what happens if people do bring alcohol? Mm, good question. <laughs> okay. The first one was, um, how do you find houses or who's, who's hosting these? And the answer a lot of the times is actually, you might be surprised by this, fraternities. Wow. Cool. Okay. Yes. I, wow. Okay. I surprised hey, you're surprised. I can tell. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've partied with a lot of fraternities. I dated a lot of them. <laughs> there was a lot of alcohol <laughs> in those frat houses. They sure were. Yeah. And you're telling me they weren't partying sober? No, what? no. Yeah, no. Okay. That, yeah, yeah. You, I, if you would have. Well, I wasn't sober it. enough to remember. So. <laughs> That's true. The, what I found is that there's always like a common ground. So for example, we needed houses. And whenever someone starts this, there's usually a question. They might be an underclassman. They might not live off campus yet. And so they need to find other people who are on board with it. And the easiest way is the campus like different clubs and share what you're doing. And one of the biggest partnerships we have is with Greek life because they have this image that all they do is party mm-hmm. and it overlooks their philanthropy, you know, and their sense of brotherhood and sisterhood. So we give them an opportunity to not only, you know, have fun in a way that people think is unexpected of them. So they're breaking the norms that people would expect for them. We help them get news coverage. Like you tell a newspaper or a TV station that this fraternity or sorority is throwing a party without drugs or alcohol, they will show up with cameras and like, that's good press for them. Absolutely. They They can brag to their national chapter to say, Hey, I know that some of our chapters are getting like alcohol citations and hazing, but look at the good work that we're doing. So that can be a big opportunity for them. And not alone, One of the first schools I went to in UW Lacrosse in Wisconsin, the fraternity that wanted to work with us, they were actually going to be done because they didn't have the numbers, the recruiting numbers to stay on campus. And in one party, 
they had enough students sign up to pledge for their fraternity to save the whole chapter. No way. I mean, I can't imagine how you walked away from that experience. I'm sure you felt 10 feet tall. That's incredible. That is so cool. Very Mm -hmm. cool. Okay. The follow-up question to that was what happens, because I'm sure you've come across it, when somebody wants to crash or, you know, be the funny guy or, you know, be the one who pushes the boundaries Mm -hmm. on somebody trying to make change. Yeah. This is where our whole strategy from start to finish, it is eliminating that possibility because the way that we invite people and are part of our training program is that we're not blasting this on social media. We're not blasting this with posters. We're using like real connections to build a list of people who want this or at least are open to it. The people that would bring alcohol or drugs and try to sabotage our party, they're not interested in going to a party with 200 people that aren't connecting the way that they want to, because they want to use drugs and connect, is we want to be sober. So they feel really left out. Like, you know, it, it doesn't make sense for them to go. So one of the rules is if someone, you know, wants to come to our party, we always have a volunteer at the door and they're kind of like the security guard slash like welcome person. So they're giving high fives. They're saying, what's up? You know, thanks for coming. But they're also checking that you're not bringing backpack you know, in or any drugs or like if you smell like you've been drinking or getting high, like it's just our job to say, hey, you can't party with us tonight. You're welcome to check us out next time because here's how we're different. And that has happened because outside, like we're playing crazy games and we can point out to them, like, obviously we're not drinking because we wouldn't be being obnoxious in the front yard if we were hiding anything. So if they Sometimes they don't believe us. They think we're just being jerks. Like you're telling me these hundreds of people are not drinking, you know, at this college. Right. And we have to explain to them, no, we're actually, yeah, not. And here's some clues, right? We're being obnoxious in the front yard. Sometimes we even call the police. It's part of our process to let them know (laughs) we're partying at this address. We are sober. So please don't waste your resources, like staking us out and coming in with our equipment. But if you want to come check it out, come play some water come pong. Come on by. <laughs> some water pong. Right? I love it. That's get some Red Bull. Like eat some pizza with us. And totally. students love it. Like they're playing pong with cops. And like, it's so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so cool. So what time do these normally end? Are they, you know. Are I they think, your typical ragers? Are they, are they like the 2 a.m. ragers where you, you know, people are shutting lights off or you walk out and the sun's up and you're like, whoa. <laughs> Or do you go to bed at a reasonable hour so you can wake up as well? (laughs) This really just depends on who's running it. Because if I was running these things still, man, I'd be partying from hard from like 6 p.m. to like 8.30. And then I'd be going to bed. Look at you. (laughs) Same. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. My Irish goodbyes. Bye, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm yeah. so used to doing that, but I mean, that's why I'm not throwing them. I'm like, Hey, I'm the old dude now. So you've got to do it. You know, your friends and your, your demographic at your school, what gets them going. So normally what I've seen is it's like 9 PM to 1 AM, something around there. So it's the typical like party hours. You guys, have you heard that we're hosting a summer camp? Listen, you can go to a summer camp that kills time or you can attend a camp that leverages it. This summer, we aim to empower and inspire young women to pursue more. More confidence, more positive friendships, more community impact, 
more dreams and aspirations, more self-honoring and healthy habits. To explore more camp options, go to girlsmentorship.com. We can't wait to see you there. I'm really curious around the conversation that you have with the, the young kids. So the work that Mary and I do, we work with we work with tween and teen girls from the ages of eight years old all the way to 18 plus. Um, and I know that, I mean, the conversation of drug and alcohol and prevention and intervent, like there's there's so much to um to talk to our kids about. And I and I'm curious around what, what is the conversation that you guys have with these teens, because we always like to joke that when we were growing up, you know, dare was our drug prevention. And it was kind of like a joke, scary. And, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, there was, it felt like there wasn't real people talking about these real issues. And what we've learned working with teenagers and tweens is like, before we even press record, they can smell BS from a mile away. So we like to show up as our authentic selves, but to be really real with them through our personal experiences. So curious what the the program that you guys are creating, what does it look like and where do you get to share it with people? Most of the work that we're doing right now is actually in the middle school and high schools. So we're doing student assemblies, we're doing leadership trainings for different groups that are like drug prevention coalitions and youth prevention clubs. Because we want to equip them to sustain great work in their community, even after we leave. And then we have a prevention curriculum that schools can use in their health or PE classes, things like that. So what I found is that's what's most useful. Going back to kind of our conversation, too, of like what makes us really unique is we're giving students permission to be different. Is they thought that once, you know, once I get into high school or once I get into college, I have to start drinking or I have to start vaping because that's what everyone is doing. So we're able to help highlight that not everyone is doing that. Right. It's just that the people who think it's popular are being really loud about it. And the people who aren't using it, they think that they're not cool. So they're not sharing it. Yeah. So we want to be the ones to like celebrate great choices and help them feel good. And that's the main feedback that I get after a presentation. Student will come up to me and say, when we heard we were going to talk about drugs, like we were like, oh, it's going to be so boring. Right. Yeah. This guy's going to tell us about how he used drugs and then he has a recovery story and now his life is good and I'm not going to be able to relate to it. But I mean, this just happened. This group from Los Angeles uh, went to a conference and it's for all the students that they don't get invited to leadership conferences. You know, they're the ones that are getting in trouble. They're like the most rambunctious. They've seen as having setbacks in life. And so they're not the ones that are driven going to all these high school conferences, but they had a conference for them to say, hey, let's pour into these students. And I thought that was awesome. Like, I will totally. definitely go help out. And at the end of it, this girl came up to me and she said, Jake, you gave me permission to not follow my mom's footsteps. Mm. If my friends are drinking. They're using drugs. My mom is an alcoholic. And I thought like, I just have to do this and then just risk becoming an alcoholic. But like, I learned that I don't need to do that anymore. I can just do what's important to me and they can think whatever they want. And so whenever you, students don't always tell you that. Yeah. So it like, oh man, I was almost in tears. Like, oh, my that, yeah. you know, and that's 
the impact that we want to make. And that's the power of doing the work that we do is we're not scaring them. We've seen that scare tactics don't work. We know from the D.A.R.E. program is we want to build hope, resilience in them, social and emotional learning skills. And we want to help build them up to believe, hey, I can have such a great future. Why would I sacrifice my awesome future by using a drug? Mm. And now what's happening is schools are even because we work with so many middle schools and high schools, they're asking us, can you go younger? Can you do presentations for elementary schools? Because students are vaping in third, fourth, fifth grade, and they don't know what they're doing and they don't know the truth about it. They just see a sibling doing it or a cousin. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. They make it look so cool. I mean, yeah. it's not a gross cigarette anymore. It's like actually a cool, sleek looking electronic <laughs> yeah, that makes it. it good. I mean, honestly, Jewel just had to pay out four hundred and sixty two billion dollars or million dollars. And that's mm-hmm. a, a massive difference of being an M there <laughs> um, <laughs> to three different states because they were marketing to teenagers. They really took a page out of old tobacco's book and Mm. said this is how we should do it and they got caught and it is it's it's disheartening it's sad it's scary as a parent to know that big businesses are marketing to your kids because they see them as a dollar sign because if you hook a third grader man they're going to be hooked for the rest of their life and i love that schools are seeing the importance in having these conversations as early as possible so mm-hmm. kids can optimize their health mm-hmm. so they understand yeah. that their brain is impacted by this that it's the one important thing that they need to keep growing and pouring in good stuff not feeding with alcohol with drugs with nicotine with toxic people like there's so much to it that if you start to go down this road and what i heard from from that girl telling you that is you broke a generational curse and that's huge that's massive that's something that people myself included have have worked on and spent a lot of time energy and money and effort into breaking on my own and it's come later on in my 30s, which is wild that you literally had a conversation with a high schooler and probably saved her a good 15 to 20 years of heartache and and finding herself at rock bottom and having to crawl out of that hole. And I mean, a simple conversation to give somebody the permission to think differently when they didn't know that differently was an option. Right. And that that you can still be popular by being different. So many of the popular kids are just doing what they think is cool. And it's like, you can still be cool and do something totally different than what everyone else is doing. But they need somebody else to stand up there and talk about it, you know, not be stuffy, but to like, I look at you and I know our, our listeners can't see you, but you know, if there was this like young guy coming in with energy and like, oh man, yeah, I'm kind of excited to hear what he has to say. And then you're talking about this really important work. It would make me as a kiddo be like, dang. It would make me want to lean in. And the combination between you and Tomas is interesting too, because you're somebody who hasn't used drugs or alcohol, whereas he does have his stories around Mm -hmm. using and what it's done to him, but it's not in a dare program type of way. He's super relatable. I mean, he's instantaneously your friend. So it comes (laughs) across that he cares about you and he cares about your future. And he knows very personally what can happen by using. So I love the dichotomy between the two of you as well and going into these schools and having these conversations because kids can find themselves in either one of you. Mm-hmm. Yes. I I think that has been one of the coolest things is before just one of us would go to a school and 
now what's really cool is like we get invited to these conferences where they'll bring in people from all different schools, bus them in, and we'll go together. And I have found that that, you know, I'm relating heavily to that student who wants to make good choices that maybe feels pressured to use, but they they really want to hold off, you know, they're reluctant to make that risk. And then you've got the other students that Tomas relates to that are starting to use and they feel like, you know, in their gut, they're like, I know I've been told not to do it, but I want to make friends. I want to have fun. You know, I want to fit in. And Tomas, y'all know his story. Like it's so impactful. It's so relatable that the students leave with this whole new perspective and the conversation lasts for weeks, weeks on end. And the teachers are excited because they have all these new talking points and tools from our presentation to keep the conversation going. And I think what happens is something we talked about before the call is just having fun. And what happens when they, they come into the gym expecting this terrible presentation? Getting <laughs> yeah. And we wow. literally, <laughs> and we start out like huge. Like we start out with a drum set, drum solo. The crowd is yelling and chanting, laughing. Um, we make a ton of jokes in the beginning. We're relating to them. And then before you know it, we're talking about the reasons why people use drugs and we're proving to them that that's not the only way to get the things you want in life. In fact, we talk about shortcuts and skill sets is the shortcut is the easy, quick way out, but it could potentially cut your life short. And we take these risks for these short-term gratifications. But on the other hand, what if you built skill sets, the things in life that are worth learning and they make you a better person. And these get down to the core beliefs of our students and why they're using drugs and alcohol is because they're coping with life or they think they need it to interact with friends. And that's why I love what you do too, because you, you're having fun with students and you're emphasizing the social emotional learning and the skills it takes to really be an amazing adult who's proud of what you built and is positively impacting the world. And we're just so lucky that we get to do that and have a blast at the same time. Oh, we, we were just having that conversation I with one another. I mean, it's not yeah. easy. Obviously, we come across a lot of youth who are struggling or who have come from backgrounds that are just yeah. tumultuous and that's heartbreaking. And in the same sentence, there's so much hope in this work because we know we're a part of the change. And, and same to you guys, like it's it's so cool to be able to really look at our younger selves and say, hey, there's a different way. Mm -hmm. And you know how we know is because we went down that path and it didn't serve us. In fact, it really took us back. Like you said, it cut things short and we were left without friends because when you start seeking out the friendships who you're going to be partying and doing drugs with, those aren't the friends that you're going to want to keep for the long haul because they're going to get you into more trouble. And again, how do we know? Because we've done it. You don't have to do it because we've done it. And it is like it as hard as building a business is, as hard as it is to get people to see why what's so important to you should also be important to them. Once you can flip that switch for somebody, all the hard work, all the sweat, all the blood, all the tears, becomes worth it all over again. Yeah. And you become a, a magnet is I love this image is that when you think, oh, I need to please everyone and, and be accepted by everyone is you can think about it. Do you actually want to be friends with everyone in the world? Because I can guarantee you there are some people who are going to annoy you. They're not into the same things. So being friends with them would be, it would be toxic or you'd be bored. You'd be so <laughs> tired. Be yeah. Overwhelmed. Yeah. Oh, underwhelmed. Yeah. Underwhelmed. Get away from me. Yeah. Exactly. And just like a magnet, 
it's, you know, it attracts things. You're going to attract the right people. Mm -hmm. But when you flip the magnet over, it repels things too. So you're going to repel the wrong people. And that's what you want. You want to be so relentlessly yourself, you know, being you 100% at 100 miles an hour so that you are seen and people know that they can follow you. They know what they're getting into if they're your friends. And that can literally change your entire life. You're no longer trying to fit in to everybody else in their circumstances, but you're standing out so other people can have an easier time fitting into you. Right. You're a lighthouse. Yeah. Oh, this is such a cool conversation. And really, I mean, that was probably one of the most freeing things that I've found in my later years was I'm not for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I I didn't walk around trying to be friends with everyone, but I did walk around trying to fit in. Mm -hmm. And just the concept of trying to fit in, it's like a square peg in a round hole. I don't want to contort myself to fit into somebody else's expectation of me. And that, like that realization that I didn't have to do that has been one of the most freeing realizations of my life where I've, I have found my people and I will continue to find my people and my people like me for being weird and loud (laughs) and obnoxious. And they're not going to tell me to dim my light or to be quiet. And that alone, just being accepted for who you are Mm -hmm. is better than any high that I've ever experienced Mm -hmm. in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I can speak that from experience. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Literally and figuratively. (laughs) Well, we all know why we started this business. (laughs) We all do. Yes. Um, what's really cool, like I just, I'm a mom. So yes, listening to this conversation is making me think about myself, but also like, I'm so grateful to have an organization like yours out there for my two boys, because right now they're, they are in third grade. I have a first grader and a third grader and man, the drama of third grade is wild already. And I am so excited that there are strong influential organizations, men, women out there to guide my kids. Because of course, yes, I do this work, but I'm also mom. So it's really helpful to know that you all exist because um, I I have really honest conversations with them already. And I know I'm going to need support. And I know schools need support too, because how we all were raised in the school system back in our day is totally different nowadays with social media and mental health and you name it. And schools, if they're going to be helping raise our children and be with these kiddos from nine until, or really eight, eight until three, Monday through Friday for most of the year, it's like we need other organizations to come in and pour into the teachers, the administrators, and most importantly, these students. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. Thank you for doing the same. It's yeah. so cool to connect with people who are doing this because you're right. It's not always like the most pretty picture, but we believe so passionately in what we're doing and how we want to impact the world that, yeah, we're willing to get on a plane and travel, you know, five hours to go meet somebody, even though you got to get on another one and go another right. five hours that night because yeah. these students are worth it and these teachers are worth it. And have you ever... I just recently gained a very great perspective and love for teachers 
just by doing presentations back to back to back. <laughs> oh, both of our moms are teachers and they have been for like 30 years. So our yeah. appreciation for teachers runs real deep mm-hmm. for a multitude of different reasons. And yeah. it is, it's hard. It's it's a very hard career because you're you're just you're getting it from every angle, mm-hmm. you know, from from administration, from parents, from kids. And it's like it's it's a love it's a love that runs deep for teachers and we we have the utmost amount of respect for people who choose that career path because they literally are raising the next generation of leaders exactly cool so for any of you parents out there listening to this like take heed in the fact that there are organizations out there Mm -hmm. like party point oh in conjunction with Vive 18, who care about your children's well-being from the jump. I mean, from the literal get-go in terms of what they're consuming. So I know all of you are worried about the future of your kids and where they'll they'll go and what they'll get themselves involved in. But also just know that there are people out there looking out for the health and wellness of your kids. You just have to seek them out. You have to do the extra work to seek them out and make sure your kids know that there are resources when they are getting ready to go off to college that exist like this, especially if they're worried about what it is going to be like fitting in. I know that's a big conversation we have with a lot of the high schoolers that we deal with in terms of going off to college for the first time. So just know that there are resources for your for your kiddos and and it's worth it to look into them. Jake, being that our podcast is called What's the Lesson, we really try to do a good job of taking all of our WTF moments and turning them into WTL moments. So in one or two sentences, we'd love to end the podcast with one of your greatest lessons, something that you, you know, have maybe felt resistance around, but you were able to really turn it into something great. Confidence is something that you choose. Mm. You can't earn it by doing enough or being enough, but you can choose to say, I am enough and I'm going to share it with the world. That's right. And you're in mic drop. <laughs> that That's the best way to end the podcast. Truly, so many of our girls, and I know boys because I'm raising two of them, They think you're just born with it or they look at other people and they want what they have. And it is, it is, it's a choice, but it's a choice because they need to know that they are worthy and enough in their own right. So bravo, mic drop. Jake, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today and we will share all of your information in our show notes. So if people or educators, administrators wanna find you um, and learn more, we'll, we'll tag you up. But thank you so much for being on the show with us today. And until next time, you guys, we'll see you on the next episode. We say this every time, but wow, what a powerful episode. These conversations always leave us feeling so fired up and inspired. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in with us. If you felt as inspired by listening to this conversation as we did having it, we would be ecstatic if you'd advocate for us in one of the following ways. By sharing this episode with a friend or tagging us on your social media, by heading over to iTunes and leaving us a rating and an honest review, or by following us on social media. This community is full of movers and shakers. We've linked our Instagram account as well as our exclusive community on Geneva for girls and parents in the show notes. This is a place where we exchange ideas, post questions, and provide support to each other. Until next time, you guys, remember, 
being able to shift our WTF moments and finding the lesson instead saves us time and mental energy. And this bomb-ass episode was sponsored by Girls Mentorship. 